0: May God's grace, mercy, and peace be yours in the name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Text for the message today comes from the Gospel reading from Matthew chapter 28. Let us pray. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray that you would bless us. Bless us this day with your presence and bring us peace. And as we gather, may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our Maker and our Redeemer. Amen. In 1983, Australia hosted what is called the Ultra Marathon. It was a foot race from Sydney to Melbourne. It was 543.7 miles. It's a race that takes days to run. Professionals from all over the world come to participate. Shortly before the race began in 1983, a uh, a 61-year-old farmer by the name of Cliff Young, wearing overalls and galoshes over his boots, walked up to the registration table and requested uh, a number to enter the race. Uh, the people at the registration table uh, thought it was a joke. They thought someone was setting them up. And so they laughed. And, and he, he said, well, no, no, really, I, I'd like to run. And so they gave him a number. They pinned it on his overalls. And so he walked over to the start. Of the race. As you can imagine, all the other professional runners who were uh, all decked out in their running gear running gear, and, and they looked at him like he was crazy. The crowd snickered, they, they laughed, and even more when the gun went off to, and the race began because these were professional runners. They were, had sculpted bodies, they had beautiful strides in their run, but not Cliff Young. He, he didn't even run like a runner. Uh, Cliff Young ran with sort of an awkward, goofy-looking shuffle. In fact, uh, that running style is now called the Cliff Young Shuffle. Uh, Although the crowd, they were laughing, and finally someone just called out, get that fool off the track. Well, five days, 15 hours, and four minutes later at 1.25 in the morning, Cliff Young shuffled across the finish line, of the 543.7 mile ultramarathon. He had run, he had won the race. Now he didn't win by a matter of minutes or even an hour or two. He beat the previous world record by two days. And the second place runner was nine hours and 56 minutes behind him. He had set a new world record for this ultramarathon. Uh, The press came around and they mobbed him, wondering what kind of special running shoes he must have had. And they rummaged through his backpack, wondering what he survived on. He had basically pumpkin seeds and water. They discovered the secret to his success. You see, he shuffled his way to victory without ever sleeping. You see, the other runners would run for 18 hours straight, and then they would take uh, a stop and sleep for six hours. He didn't know that that's what they needed to do. And so he just kept running. He ran it straight through, enduring, running for five days, 14 hours and four minutes, all at the age of 61. Hmm. Amazing, isn't it? Think back to a time when you were a child. How many times did you or your brothers or sisters say to each other, you ready, set, go, right? Maybe it wasn't your siblings. Maybe it was people gathered around the neighborhood or in the schoolyard, and that refrain was always present, right? There was usually that one person assigned to call it out, and and then there there it was. Ready, set, go. And off you would go. Those races in your neighborhood, streets, or in the schoolyards would be training, wouldn't they? I mean, especially if you were on some kind of a sports team. And before leaving school for the summer, a lot of times coaches would have a meeting with their team and maybe give them instructions for what needed to be done during the summer for the next season, giving them instructions what to do over the summer to get ready. In our very familiar gospel reading today, Jesus is giving you and me instructions. Instructions before he leaves. Sometime before his ascension, he gathers those disciples together for what is called the Great Commission. But he has much more important work for us than preparing to win a football game or or a race. But he certainly wants something. What he wants is to win souls for all eternity. He has given you and me an awesome opportunity to be co-workers for his gospel. Even though as he has ascended into heaven, he, he, promise, he promises that he will still be with us. When Jesus tells us, ready, set, go, go and make disciples, he makes sure that we are well equipped to do so. He gives us authority with which to speak. He he gives us the means of grace with which to do that work. He gives us his promise that he will be with us there to comfort us. And so let's take a look at these. Jesus says to go and make disciples first, to go with his authority. Because the the Great Commission is a, a bold call to action. The statement leading up to the commission is even bolder, where Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth, has been given to me, therefore go. I mean, think about that. Jesus says, all authority. I mean, the only one who could make that statement is the one true God. Jesus, the incarnate Son of God, is true man. Yet at the same time, he is also true God, as we confess or are confessing in the Athanasian Creed. Being true God, Jesus is one with the Father. He is also one with the Holy Spirit. He is equal part of the Trinity, and as part of the Triune God, Jesus has all authority. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. According to Jesus' human nature, total power is given to him by God the Father. According to his divine nature, he already has complete command over everything. This absolute authority that Jesus possesses is, is, is divine. I mean, it's not a worldly power that someone can take away. It's not a worldly power like leaders in various parts of the world that face rebellions. It's not like the, uh, an assassination that, which leaves an immense power vacuum in a country. I mean, uh, there are struggles in communities now about the, the power and the rule of law. Even presidents, governors, and mayors lose authority when their terms are completed. But nobody can take away the divine authority of the triune God. I mean, the devil tried, no dice could happen. False religions have tried, only in vain. Arrogant atheists have tried, not a chance. Jesus still has all authority in heaven and on earth. He always will. His control is infinite. His power and rule is totally different. It is something unlike anything the world has ever known. As creator of all things, the Lord directs creation for the benefit of his church. He uses his authority to, to grow that church. And with these verses, he uses his authority to issue this great commission for all Christians of all time. Therefore, go and make disciples. Telling us, since I have authority, I'm telling you, with that authority, now go and make disciples. He has welcomed you and me into this part of his work in this world. We go. We go baptizing, uh, like we saw a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we go teaching, as we do in in Sunday school and Bible classes in our day school, and as we do evangelism work, sharing the hope of the gospel. We have Jesus' authority behind everything that we do. We're not making disciples for our own benefit, because if, if our motive to grow the, is, is to grow the church's popularity or to make a name for ourselves. It's a sinful motive. We don't carry out the Great Commission so we can boast. We carry out the Great Commission to give glory to Jesus. After all, He is the one who has made that commission possible. For example, you read in your Bible about the Apostles. I mean, they carried out the Great Commission. Uh, Whenever people wanted to praise the Apostles for their work, they made sure to give glory to the Lord instead. They knew that it was the Lord working through them. You see, that's our motivation too, that all glory be given to Jesus. We go with his authority. All right, so we go, we make disciples for the glory of God, but how? I mean, how do you and I go and make disciples? I mean, because if we look at our own lives, there's not a lot that qualifies us. We have to confess that we are sinners worthy of God's punishment. And if this work of going and discipling were left to us, if we were left to our own power, the Christian church would have died a quick death. If it were up to our own power, it would be a selfish message with no hope of eternal life. And yet, Jesus Christ has saved and forgiven you and me. And he's done even more because he knows that we need help. He knows that we need some tools in order to build that church. And he has given us the power and authority of the triune God. And the tools that he uses are the sacraments. They're able to work faith. They're able to strengthen it. We also have God's Word, the Bible, to teach others about the truth of salvation. We call these the sacraments, baptism and the Lord's Supper and God's Word. We call them the means of grace. They are the means, the the channels, the pathways through which God's Holy Spirit works to bring us faith and then strengthen us in that faith. Jesus specifically addresses holy baptism here in our reading, saying, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And what a wonderful blessing baptism is. Because we are born in sin, We're in slavery to sin and death and the devil. Jesus came to save us from our dreadful condition and he came to bring us into his family. Through the waters of holy baptism, we have received the blessings of the Son, our Savior. The Father has adopted us into his family. He has done so using the Holy Spirit who brought us the gift of faith. You know, as children of our heavenly Father, we now have the blessings of his family those blessings of forgiveness, comfort, and eternity in his presence. The Holy Spirit is a blessing as he daily reminds us of our baptism, reminds us that it means that we are forgiven because of Christ's blood. He reminds us that we have the inheritance of eternal life by Christ's resurrection. All of these things are ours through baptism. And because of these great gifts in our lives, we, of course, want others to know that joy, that forgiveness, that grace. And so we share the good news of Jesus with people that we know, helping people to know the joy of being marked as one of God's children in baptism. God's blessing continues, doesn't it? Continues in that baptized life as we gather for the Lord's Supper. In, with, and under, simple bread and wine, we confess that we receive the true body and blood of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of our sins, to strengthen our faith, to unite us as one. The means of grace, the gospel, the sacraments are for all the nations. Just as we cannot pick and choose which parts of the Bible we want to teach or accept, We cannot pick and choose which people are worthy of the gospel. And I think think this is so important right now in our world today because there are so many divisions, so many battle lines that are drawn so quickly. And we tend to dismiss people right away, thinking that they are not worthy of receiving the gospel. Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations. Doesn't matter how much money you make. It doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter who you voted for. It doesn't matter what kind of car you drive, if at all. It doesn't matter if you've gone to college. It doesn't matter if you've gone to trade school or, or no school at all. It doesn't, ma- doesn't matter how you talk. It doesn't matter your skin color. It doesn't matter whether you're comfortable or not. Jesus Christ came to save all people. When he put a soul before you and me, he wants us to be good stewards. And you can be a good steward of the gospel by seizing those opportunities to speak that gospel, that good news to the lost, and share the compassion, mercy, and love of Jesus. We go and make disciples with his means of grace. You know, this Great Commission is a great responsibility. And we finally go... jesus promise he promises that as we go forth as we go and make disciples as we baptize as we teach as we share that good news he promises that we're not alone he promises that he is always with us that he does not send us on this task by ourselves jesus comforted his disciples that day in galilee He said, surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. You know, it's interesting if you go back to that reading, we're told that when the disciples saw Jesus, some of them doubted. (laughs) If If there were disciples who had seen Jesus do miracles, they've heard him teach, they've seen him raised from the dead, and they still doubted? I think we are going to have some doubts, too. What believer hasn't doubted uh, or sometimes struggled with their faith? What believer hasn't sometimes doubted the Lord's plan? I mean, it's pretty easy to doubt God when you you see the wicked prosper, right? It's pretty easy to doubt when you see uh, your child or maybe your spouse hurting in a hospital bed, isn't it? It's easy to doubt when we see the nation and our communities descend into chaos. It's easy to doubt when when people do not treat one another with the love of Jesus. It's pretty easy to doubt when you can't shake that nagging sin. It's easy to doubt when the church isn't growing in numbers or or when there's a shortage of offerings or even workers for, for the church. It's easy to doubt when it seems that no one wants to hear about Jesus. But Jesus confronts us with his, comforts us with his almighty power. He says, I am with you always. He has all authority. He rules over all of creation. And he's not going to stop caring for his children. He's got a plan for you. And it ends with an eternity, you in eternity with him. What could be greater? What could be more comforting than that? John reminds us that in God's presence, there is no more mourning or crying or pain, that all those tears that we shed now, those are wiped away. With that wonderful promise, we have confidence and boldness from Jesus to go and do that work. We trust that Jesus is always with us. We trust that because he has all that power. We trust him because he has called us to do that work. He will not leave us on our own. He will watch over us as we carry out that commission of his. Jesus didn't die and rise for nothing. He did it to save us and call us to that mission. We have confidence that Christ's gospel does work. Baptism does create faith. The Lord's Supper does strengthen faith. The word does nurture faith. Every teaching that Jesus has commanded does accomplish his will and does make disciples of all, of all nations. There's no doubt. There is no doubt that Jesus keeps his promises. Surely I am with you always till the very end of the age. You know, It's, it's like Jesus knew that we would still doubt when he said, Surely I am with you, because then he had he added always, <laughs> and then he knew that maybe we would still doubt, and he also added uh, uh, always until the very end of the age. And and with Jesus' forgiveness, with His forgiveness, is always with us, and 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 He will never leave us. As I said in my sermon last weekend, lives changed by God's Holy Spirit are used by God's Holy Spirit to change lives. God's given you and me blessing after blessing after blessing. And because of that, we wanted others to know the love and salvation of Jesus too. It's my prayer that you're excited about the things the Triune God has done for you and that you are used by God to go and make disciples. Because you don't go by your own power. You go with his authority. You go with his means of grace. You go with his promise. And you go. You go and share the good news of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Go so that there is a message of love, a message of compassion, a message of faith in the face of anger and fear and discouragement today. Go so that more people may hear. Go, so that more people may learn. Go, so that more people may trust in him for all eternity. Surely he is with you always. Amen. And now may the peace of God that transcends all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.